previously on Unstoppable Grace, a great way that I find during the school year um, to spend time in God's word is listening to an audio Bible. Uh, BibleGateway.com has it for free and you can listen to different versions of the Bible and you can listen to different narrators. So if you don't like one person's voice, let's pick a different one. Um, So that was actually a great way to, you know, while I'm driving, um, I would listen to an audio Bible. I also was just going to say, I recommend personally, like not just listening. And I don't, that's not what you I were agree saying, with you. but yeah. just to like read too. Cause yes. I think it's listening and reading is definitely a different experience mm-hmm. and I've done both and I catch less when I listen personally. Yep. Welcome to Unstoppable Grace. I'm Heidi. I'm Danielle. I'm Laura. And together we've watched God work through our struggles, heartbreaks, setbacks, and even our most shameful failures to bring beauty from brokenness. In this podcast, we bring to you those stories, along with truths from the Bible, trusting that He can use them to meet you where you're at, shine hope, and speak freedom into your life. On our own, we are so far from great, but by His grace, we, we are Unstoppable. unstoppable. translations do you guys read is that a question to talk about we can't get Danielle too deep into that (laughs) no I you know what okay I listen to I have an NIV student bible and um but often what I will do is I will open that up and then on bible gateway I will open the new King James version so that I can read both I don't always do that but because often how it's written in the new King James version which is the earliest uh translation so it's directly from Greek and Hebrew. King James is not, not King the New James. King James. Yeah, sorry, yeah. King James, not New King James. So I meant King James yeah, yeah. <laughs> through all that. No yeah, and so you're getting it the closest you can to actually reading Hebrew, Hebrew, Greek for those of us who can't. Um, so that's what I do. I I also like study Bibles because they'll tell you at the beginning of the chapter often who wrote the book, who are they writing to. If we don't know all the authors of every every book of the Bible, and they'll they'll tell you maybe some context of the culture of the times. So I really enjoy that. There's other ways to find that information. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think versions is extremely important. Um, and my reason behind that is I have studied that a lot. I watched a lot of documentaries, did a lot of comparison. I went and bought um, like six different versions of Bibles. And went through them chapter by chapter, verse by verse in like certain sections of the Bible. I didn't do with the entire Bible. And there are a lot of versions that remove entire scriptures, entire words. They change words. It's, it's something, it's a topic that I'm super, super passionate about because it's a super scary thing. And I believe that there are people out there that create certain versions, and I don't need to say what versions I believe, do your own research, um, that will actually, I, I believe that it's can be a work of the devil. Um, yep. And people will argue with me on that, and that's okay. No, it's, he- it's an opinion that I have. But for people to fully remove scriptures that are very, very important, mm-hmm. um, it's a really big deal. And my name is Danielle. You can contact me and I would love to like have a deeper conversation if you want to have more of a conversation about it um to whoever is listening I guess I I I just I want to tag on to what you just said about how you will you believe that Satan will use those again Satan does use scripture yeah 100% and so that doesn't mean that so yeah you just got to be really careful and versions that use um 
like homosexuality. Yeah. There are a lot of versions that say not like blatantly, but will basically say that it's okay or they'll change the, they'll the skip sex over of it. God yeah. or or change a lot of different different things. So I think that it's a super important topic and I'm happy you asked the question. Um I personally read King James. Um, and there are other versions that I look at and, and I try and understand. And if I don't fully understand something, because yeah, I mean, thou art the, though, um, yes. Romeo and Juliet sometimes, like reading um, Shakespeare. I, I get it. And when I first started reading King James, um, I felt that way and it was harder to read because it took a lot more energy. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds silly, but, but it did for me. Um, but now that that's the only thing that I've read over the, well, not the only thing, but that's the core version that I've read over the last three years. Um, it's like English to me. It is English, but it's, like, <laughs> I understand it. Mm-hmm. So. It's like a muscle, like we were talking exactly. about earlier. Yeah. And I, and I love it. It's reading any other version is weird to me. So. <laughs> and maybe that goes back to the gym analogy too, of like, don't start with the 200 pound weights. If you start reading King James and find that it's too hefty and it stops you from reading your Bible every day, For maybe sure. start yeah. with the New Living Translation. Can I just say, I am going to say a version that I don't think people should li- read. Sure. Um, People may not like that. Well, <laughs> Jesus offended people too. Please don't read the message. Please don't. Yeah, actually, just I haven't read too much of it, but I know there was one verse that it really, really took out of context. Um, yeah, Jesus turned the water into wine coolers. <laughs> what? No, that's not in there, but I mean, it may as well be. <laughs> Would you like a Smirnoff? <laughs> yeah, and well, there's, there's a passage in there that um, you hear a lot from the prosperity gospel. You know, there's one really powerful passage in the Bible that talks about... Uh, what is it? Jeremiah. You guys are going to know this. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Thank you. It talks about um, God says, I, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to mm-hmm. prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And the Message Bible translates that to plans to give you the future you hope for. <laughs> no, what? And this is, this is why I'm so passionate about this topic. And of course, we like bring this up at the end. And now I like have all <laughs> of these things no, we to can, say we need like we a whole episode on this. Um but it like right there, Laura. Oh, I'm so passionate about this topic because that is such a big deal. That that changes it entirely. It's a right? small enough deception that people are falling for it like crazy, and it's deceiving yeah. our young people into and- believing this until all of a sudden they realize <laughs> it's not true, and so they start doubting the entire gospel mm-hmm. because a false gospel is taught to them, and they found that it's not true. But that and- was never God's gospel. And Amen. this goes back to the core of this entire conversation, which is about. I talk with my hands and I get passionate. I know you can't see that, so I don't know why I just said that. Um, oh, they can kind of hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> like, yeah. um, the core of this conversation is like not making the Bible about us. And I right. think that there are a lot of versions. And yes, I agree with you about the message. And that is one of the versions that I, uh, uh, my opinion is that it's from the devil um, because it does switch a lot of like super core verses mm-hmm. and makes it about me and prosperity. Oh, and, and it's the reason why I'm so passionate about this topic is because I grew up reading that Bible. Oh. I grew up in a home that didn't have a solid foundation on the word of God, not because my parents didn't want me to, not because my parents didn't. They just didn't know. That's what they read and that's what they understood. And I don't believe that I was saved until like six or seven years ago because I didn't know what it meant to be saved. And I went to a church that was all about prosperity gospel and all about like what you want. And then y'all like live your dreams and go out and 
and do everything that you want. And so that's Your what I so did. Bright. You need to wear shades. Yeah, my future <laughs> was bright and I did more shades and I was totally full of myself and wore $400 pair of boots and like I just everything in my life was all about me. And it was the same thing about the Bible. It was all about fulfilling myself until someone sat down and was like, Danielle, this is the truth of the Bible. And then when I started doing my own research and seeing all of these different versions and understanding, wow, like for for someone to change versions, and maybe it's someone that's doing it unintentionally. I, I, I don't know. And that's not a hill I'm going to die on. Um, but a hill <laughs> that I will die on <laughs> is that, that versions are important. So I'll I, stop. I'll uh, no, it's, Sorry, it's, it's, it's good. It is good. And you know what? A book that's really great that I'm actually listening to right now. It's called God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel. And it is bit written by Costi W. Hinn. I don't know if you guys know who Benny Hinn is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is his <laughs> his nephew who wrote this book. Oh. And he grew up in the prosperity yeah. gospel. And he lived the prosperity life. For sure. You know, did. mansions, uh, trips to Israel on his eighth birthday or whatever birthday. Like these, this lavish life. And you know what? He didn't know that what he was living and what was being preached to him was wrong. And does his book say that? Like, yeah. Wow. It's a good book. You should, should read, read it. Um, I've been to Benny Hinn's church. It is wow. wild. I did, wow. That's not like I didn't attend as I attended as an observer. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was learning. I, I think was asking questions. Yeah. And, and in, in the in the light of speaking truth, I know you guys know how I feel about what's his name? Joel Osteen. Osteen. <laughs> oh, it makes my blood boil. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's just another thing. I remember coming into my living room and somebody was watching. I can't remember who. Sorry. Uh, so I came into our, our family living room and someone's watching him and he was using scripture and he was talking, you know, about, you know, abundance and God's going to give you, you know, make you wealthy and God's going to give you everything you've ever dreamed of. And God's going to give you this and God's going to give you, 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 you. And it made my blood boil because hearing that if I hadn't known what scripture actually says, I would have been like, oh yeah, that sounds amazing. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. I want to follow this God. He's going to give me what I want. But the thing is with Satan and you know what? I believe Joel Osteen, Osteen, I don't know, <laughs> believes what he's saying. I believe oh, he does. I believe sure. he's genuine and sincere. He's probably a really nice man. He's a very genuine man. That's know, the I thing. You, oh, whoa! <laughs> I, I will say I agree with you. Um, about eight years ago, when I first started like questioning, so I had fell away from God entirely, and I was living a, a very sinful life. I grew up in a Christian home, but didn't understand what it meant to be a Christian. Um, message Bible, all of those different things, and then I came to this like rock bottom, rock bottom place in my life, and someone actually shared Joel Osteen's sermons with me, and I. And like back then, eight years ago, totally different than who I am right now. I do not listen to Joel Osteen sermons. Um, but at the time, that's what I had in front of me. Mm. And surprisingly, it led me because a lot of the things he said, I'm like, is that true? Like, is the Bible all about this? And so it actually, because of what he was saying, I was like, that can't be true. Like, God's not all about prosperity. So his sermons, knowing nothing about God or the Bible, caused me to go and mm -hmm. study the Bible even more. So I took it in like, a, not a negative God, way, yeah. but God used it yeah. in a very unique way to cause me to go back into the scripture. And I was like, wow, this seems weird. 
Is this mm-hmm. what is this what Christianity is all about? And so, I mean, I believe God can use unique situations. Hundred percent. And I think too that you know there are so many people that are um, you know really kind-hearted, well-meaning people. Hundred percent. That, but because they're taking things out of context, um, they're they're treading dangerous territory. Um, and I again. That's another reason why it's so important to read your Bible because, you know, this man is really famous. There's a lot of really famous preachers that have a huge following and especially televised uh, evangelism. There's so many that aren't actually sound doctrine. And the, the, the way that Satan, like he's a deceiver, Satan is a deceiver. So he's going to use truth mixed with lies because that's how he's going to pull you in. And the Bible says that many will come in his name and prophesy and, and, and heal and all of those things. I'm betraying, I think that's Matthew 7. Um, but just because they do those things doesn't mean that they're saved. And so I think mm-hmm. as Christians, we just need to ask questions. We need to be aware and we need to go back to the source. Yep. And like you said, we can use things as supplement material and, and devotionals. And I do all of those things. And I think that's important. I think it's important to understand other people's perspectives and to ask questions. And that's one of my favorite things to do is just to, to see what other people are doing. And, um, I know we've talked about this before, but Mormons, like Mormons are some of the most genuine, kind, Mm -hmm. loving people that you will ever meet. They will show up to your door and do yard work. Like who shows up to your door and does (laughs) yard work? I wouldn't do that. At at, uh, (laughs) the, u of a hospital and slash stollery a lot of mormons um volunteer oh, 100%. so many yeah their heart is in the right place but again that's with the if you're not following what scripture actually says and following what someone else says your heart can deceive you 100%. but if you're following what god says then yes follow your heart because it is of god but or the words from the bible are of heart of god i kind of fumbled there um okay this is a really long conversation, so I'm just going to ask, a, I'm going to try and get some rapid fire answers from you guys. What are some ways that we can encourage people who are maybe new to the faith or, you know, quite old, old in the faith? I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Um. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. I did have more to say, but I have more to say on this. Okay, I'm good. We can we can pick up this conversation or continue this, and then if do you, do you guys want to keep talking on it? I was just gonna share a story about Mormonism. Okay, I I can make it fast. Yeah. Take your time. Just tell it. Well, <laughs> I'll just make really long episodes. Sure. This okay. time. Yeah. Um, I I may have shared this story in the past, but um, I want to say like five years ago, I had two Mormons show up to my door. And when they showed up, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, come in. Like, I want to talk. <laughs> and so we ended up talking for like three hours wow. and just had like a really deep conversation. And um, they ended up knowing people that were my neighbors across the street. So then I got connected with my neighbors across the street and we continued to have like Bible, stu- not Bible studies with them, but they were trying to convert me and I was trying to convert them. <laughs> um, and our motives were very clear. We ended up meeting about seven or eight times. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it was a super powerful like experience because I was challenged in my faith and I had to get into the word and like really study and understand why I believed what I believed and like talk about all these things like baptizing the dead and um, like just not understanding a lot about Mormonism and what they believed and why they believed it. But the last meeting that we had, 
So it was two girls that had originally came to my door. And those last meeting, there ended up being six um, people that believed the Mormon faith um, and me and my boyfriend. And we were sitting in this in this person's house. And it was very clear that we were at this point where, like, neither of us were going to budge <laughs> in our faith. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, we need to separate. Um, like, this has been fun, <laughs> but this isn't <laughs> going anywhere. And I remember the girl... Um, I can't remember, sister, I can't remember her name at the time, and I shouldn't say her name anyways. Um, Amanda was her first name, and Amanda said... <laughs> you shouldn't say her name. Well, no. I mean, how many Amandas are there yeah, that are really. Mormons? And they also go by sister at last name, right? Yeah. So no one's going to know. Um, <laughs> whatever, guys. Mormons go by their last names. <laughs> okay, back to the story. Yeah. Amanda was sitting there. And she looked at me and she just starts sobbing, like genuinely, genuinely sobbing. And she's like, Danielle, I just want you to know the truth. Mm. And I looked at her and I was like, I do. (laughs) And it was like, I mean, the conversation Mm. ended. But my point in that story is that she so genuinely wanted me to believe the truth. And like we said in this conversation, we often hear people say, like, we all have our own truth. They're like, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. But, like, how is that true? Like, what's yeah. true? Yeah. And it's just that moment and that experience has never left me. And I remember, like, I felt the same way that she did about me, like, in tears. And I went home that night and I was like, I just want you to know the truth. And so I I think it's just it's it goes back to this entire conversation about how important it is to really – understand the Bible. And also like, to be honest, I felt like I failed as a Christian in that moment because I wasn't able to convert them. And I'm not saying that I did. I did everything that I could. And at the end of the day, it's a choice that people have to choose. And I can't force that on anyone. Um, But I do know that God used me in that situation. And whether I just planted a seed, um, I don't know. But I guess my point in, in sharing that story is that it is important to read your Bible and understand because you never know who's going to knock on your door. I think God used that situation for you. Like I, yeah, it's not on you to convert anyone. That's Mm -mm. nothing that any of us can do. Like that's something that only God can do. It's not even about the person making a choice. Like God has to reveal himself to them. And so if all we got out of that situation was that you dove deeper into your faith, God's preparing you for other things through that. Amen. That's yeah. I think we're all going to be in for a lot of surprises at the end. Like there's too much to learn for us to know at all. And mm-hmm. we're all going to find that we were wrong and right in different areas. You know, Super true. I had a really similar experience. Um, my story isn't um, as in depth because it was just one conversation, but a friend that I went to college with and we were really good friends and we're still friends through Facebook. Um, she's Muslim mm-hmm. and she, she grew up here in Canada um, so we still had a lot to connect over just because our cultures weren't very different other than her home culture was quite different than mine. But not to say you can't connect with someone who has a different culture than you, but <laughs> that's not at all I what I'm saying. I definitely took that out of that. Oh, that's not, no, <laughs> not at all what I'm saying. But anyways, she's Muslim, I'm Christian. And then one day we decided, because it would come up in conversation about our different faiths. And then one day we decided, okay, let's have a conversation you tell me about what you believe, and I'm going to tell you what I believe, and let's do it. So we picked a day, and after college one day, we sat down together. I brought my Bible to school, and I was quite nervous about it. Um, 
and I remember the same thing happened. She started bawling and she said, Heidi, I love you so much. I care about you so much and I don't want you to be lost. And I was struck because of her passion for what she believed. And I actually left that feeling convicted because where is my passion for God? I felt so convicted. And it's not to say that I haven't ever cried over a friend's um, salvation. But in that moment, she was definitely the one with more passion than me. And yeah, and and reading and having my Bible there and, and just certain questions she asked me that at the time I didn't know the answer to. I didn't know how to respond to because I hadn't read the Bible from cover to cover. And and it, it left me wanting to know God more because, again, like, like you, if I'm ever put in that situation again, I want to be able to answer. God, she, she, she asked me, she like, said, why did God send a son? He doesn't need a son. God doesn't need a son. I didn't know how to answer her that. That's such a simple question. I should have been able to answer that. And I didn't. And the, the the answer is that is the Trinity for one. I think I tried to touch on that, but I you know, it's hard to explain to some Christians, let alone an unbeliever. And I said that God sent and what I should have said to her is that God sent his son himself, God in flesh, to the earth to be able to for us to be able to relate to God. And for him to send a, self, uh, uh, a sacrifice for us. To teach us and then to send a sacrifice. Because he is the only one that will ever, ever reach total hol- holiness. We, we are not holy. We are not perfect just the way you are. Um, that you hear over and over again. Sorry, no. And I didn't have that answer. So I think, yeah, there's just... I, I really relate to what your, your story with the Mormons and with Amanda. Because... It's really important that we know what God God is, especially something like that. Why did God send his son to the world? So true. I have one more story to share, and okay. then I'll stop talking. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll share some, uh, some, some tips. tips. And, yeah. um, I may have shared the story in the past, but it's super powerful. There was a pastor that was preaching, and he was sharing a story that on Saturday he went shopping with his wife, and they were having a great time, and he was – well, he wasn't having a great time. It was shopping. So he went and sat down um, by the fountain and was just sitting there and there was a Muslim man. And so he struck up a conversation and started asking him about his faith. The pastor started asking the Muslim about his faith and they had a great conversation. And the pastor started asking, like, why don't you believe in God? And or like Jesus and um, so on and so forth. And the Muslim man said that if your Jesus really died on the cross, then every single Christian should be acting like that actually happened. And because you don't, I don't believe in God. Because if my God and my Jesus died on the cross for me, I would tell everyone that I knew. And I remember sitting there in the pew, like awestruck, like I have goosebumps right now. Isn't that powerful? If my Jesus died on the cross, like, shouldn't I reflect that? Like, isn't that insane? Isn't that like the most joyous thing that you can think of that someone would go and die for you? Wouldn't you want to share that with the entire world? Mm-hmm. I yeah, think that's really powerful. Um, someone once asked me, um, why did, why did Jesus have to die? And that's a question that we yeah. get a lot. It's like, why couldn't God just forgive our sins? 
and um, it didn't make sense to me for a while either, but I heard it explained this way. Um, God can just forgive sins, but there's always a consequence. It's like yeah. when I was little, I broke my mom's stained glass lamp. Now, my mom could have punished me really bad for that, but she didn't. She just forgave me. But the fact is, that was her stained glass lamp. And she Still had broken. To, yeah. There was a consequence. Like, she forgave me. No worries, but it's broken. She could buy a new one, but it would be her money going out to buy a new one. Hmm. So it's, um, you know, when I was little, I had a had a place to keep my horses a couple kilometers away. And the owners so graciously made me a little gate. They called it Laura's Gate. And I could walk through the field to go to the horses. And I was only supposed to use that gate. Um, but I was there with a friend once, and she thought we could take a shortcut through their backyard to get back home. And I said, well, I don't think that's really what we should do. I'm only supposed to use the gate. But she said, no, no, it's just this once. It's not a big deal. So we went through their backyard, and um, and they were in bed together. And we walked past their door, and um, we didn't really see anything. But they came and approached me about it later and said, why did you do that? Why did you not use the gate that we told you to use? And my friend heard that I got in trouble for that. And she felt really bad, and she said, I'm so sorry that that happened. I didn't mean to do that, and, and I forgave her right away, but I still took the punishment for her. Mm. And that's kind of what Jesus did for us on a whole different scale, that he knows we can't cover the cost of our sins. And so because we are hopeless to pay that price on our own, that he had to come and pay that price for us, and he did so out of love. Um, he absolutely could just forgive us, but there was still a price to be paid. Super powerful. So I think that the moral of our story is God's story is what matters, yeah. not ours. Mm-hmm. And that we need to be seeking God first over anything else. And that's not just with your emotions. That's not just with your feelings. That's with your brain. Read his word because God will reveal himself to you. And you can't help but fall in love with God when you've read his word you will fall in love with him um as as you as you read about how incredible he is um before we wrap everything up what are some tips that you can give to our listeners I think I started before I did my old man voice started to ask you (laughs) regardless of where you are in your faith for our listeners how can we encourage others to get into the word and become bible literate start s-t-a-r-t start that's good i think it's really helpful to really acknowledge that this story is not about you and you know it really hit me a few years back i guess when i finally realized wait this story isn't about me I mean, when we're living in this story, it feels like it's about me. It feels like trying to figure out like what my purpose is in life and what I'm supposed to do. But if you read the Bible from cover to cover, you will see that it is one great big story. And even the most prominent Bible characters like Moses and Abraham and Joshua, they only got to play supporting roles. In fact, I think if you look at it in (laughs) movie terms, it's only a principal role. Like it's not even a supporting (laughs) role in God's story. And they were the big guys, you know? So really... Hopefully, like at best, we're going to get a little principal role in God's story. That's it. Mm. And that's if our hearts are completely devoted to seeking him. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that's what he wants for us, is to play a unique role. But it's still a very tiny role in a much bigger story. So mm. acknowledging that, I think we can go into his word and seek out what God is doing and 
realize that we're a part of this story. Like, I mean, we're we're walking with the same God who walked with Moses and Abraham and Joshua and all of those Bible characters. Like, that's the same God who's walking with us right now. So to see that story, when you start reading that, it's so exciting to see the way that God worked in their lives and to see, like, little nuances and the way that he kind of does similar things in our own life and realize that you're a part of that. I love that, Laura. That's that's amazing. Um, mine isn't as profound. <laughs> mine will start, so I'm sure it's better than that. Um, one, one thing that I love doing is uh, putting scripture up in frames around my home or on chalkboards. Um, I think, you know, it's... You, you'll you'll start to memorize scripture without even meaning to when when it's something that you look at every day yeah. um it's it's also a great way to you know we've talked in two other inter uh interviews that we've had on the show about hospitality it's a great way to actually share the gospel with unbelievers because they come into your house and they see all this scripture um they're gonna read it <laughs> so i think that having scripture up around your home is a wonderful way to really make it part of who you are inside of you. Um, also, uh, put on your home screen, on your phone, on your lock screen, make it your screensaver on your computer or your desktop. Um, these are also great ways to try and memorize or to memorize scripture. And I was going to say the most uncomfortable one out of all that have been mentioned is start having conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have. Even if you don't have it all right, even if you don't understand everything, I mean, read the Bible first, um, or at least have some fundamental principle understanding, but have conversations and be okay with not having it all. Because it's just like me with the Mormons. I didn't know it all, but stepping out and welcoming them into my home and having conversations started the process for me to dig deeper. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't come to my door, I guarantee you, I probably know, wouldn't know what baptizing the dead meant. Or like whatever, like different things. And like ha being able to explain that and, and explain as to why I don't believe in that or agree with it. So my point in all of that is start having conversations because it will push you to study more and to learn more. Because if someone that you love asks you a question and you don't know the answer, I guarantee you that you're going to want to figure it out. That's mm -hmm. so true, actually. Yeah, whenever I've well, more recently gone through like, I don't know if you'd say at a dry spell, but like just less motivated to pick up the scriptures than I have before. Um, or, you know, not so motivated. It's like I've always wanted to read Case for Christ and like mm. read the scientific, you know, um, the scientific stuff that points to a creator and the historical context that points to the truth of Jesus Christ. Like I've had those books sitting around forever and I haven't really read them, but I had conversations with a couple people over the last year or so. Um, one was very into science and one was very into history. And so we started having those conversations and I can't tell you like how excited I was to go home at the end of the day and like pick up these books and study them. And it was actually exciting. Like I mm -hmm. brought life to it because I was being shot questions that I couldn't answer. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's the way to, to get excited and to get interested in what you're studying. I've got to say, uh, definitely not to the same extent as far as how intellectual or like, um, academic uh it was but i remember when my son started to show interest in the bible and i started to read to him and you know we've heard um especially if you've grown up in a christian home or have grown up going to the going to church a lot of these stories become so like yeah i've heard it i've heard it i've heard it and then they start to kind of lose their excitement because you've heard it so many times you can kind of start to lose the 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 meaning behind it and I remember reading my bible to my son 
and I put, you know, I, I put my acting skills in there and, and set it with, you know, my act, my acting voice and, and, uh, and how interested he was. And then he'd say, mommy, 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 but what about this? Mommy, 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 what about that? And then, you know, these really fundamental, like really simple things that he's asking me. And then I have to ex- describe them to him because, and, and, and think about how I'm going to say them, but it, it definitely reignited my love for God's word is, is expressing it or not expressing it, but telling it to someone else. And if he asked you a question that you didn't know, the first thing you would do would be to figure it out. Right. Because yeah. you want to teach him and you yeah. want him to be firm on, on the word of God. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. God's word is it's living and it's amazing. And I, it, it is a, it's a topic that I am passionate about because I think it's so important. So on our own, we are so far from great, but by his grace, we are unstoppable. unstoppable. <laughs> Amen. That's it for today. Thanks for taking the time to listen in. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to our show and give us a rating. Until next time, take care and God bless.